Good morning, my name is Stephen Riley. It's an honor to serve you as lead pastor. I'm looking forward to this uh, time of fellowship and bonding and hanging out together. And I might have to even get wet with the kids a little bit. I did bring my bathing suit so I can change in that and show off my chicken legs. Yes, I do. I have some chicken legs, let me tell you. Have you guys seen this? Chevy Life magazine, July issue, just came out this week, has our one and only Vernon Magnus on the front cover. Woohoo! <laughs> and, you know, the, the, the pictures make him look more handsome than he is. I mean, they're really good pictures in here. Um, but it's, it's uh, about CMA, Christian Motorcycle Association, and, and his ministry there, Born to Be Mild. Isn't that powerful? That's really cool, isn't it? So, um, so anyway, we just uh, congratulations Vernon and that in this message getting out uh, of that ministry and uh, good plug for Living Waters as well as as you mentioned mentioned us. Thank you so much. And um, let's pray for CMA right now, Lord God. They are frontline ministries around the world, making that connection between believer and the unsaved. Uh, on a daily, weekly basis, Lord God. And the Magnuses, they are, they are like missionaries. They're sent ones into that world, Lord God. And so, Lord, we continue to pray for you to bless them with abundance. Lord God, we pray that you um, open doors of ministry and the gospel to go out. And we pray for a harvest, not only planting seeds, but, Lord, they see a great harvest this summer, uh, Lord God. Uh, protect them every moment on the road and, and, and in their ministry, Lord. Your angelic protection over them. We thank you, Lord God, for empowering them every time they go out in Jesus' name. And everybody said, thank you for that. So I have, haven't said a lot about the Israel trip coming up April 2023 because I'm waiting for another meeting that's going to happen. And I think it's about a week and a half, two weeks from now, uh, where I should be getting details back. Uh, with that, I'll have the prices, the deposit amounts, when that's due, etc., more the, surely the schedule. And I just want to say to you, though, please be praying now and be open to the Lord that He may be sending you to go. Uh, if you've never been to Israel, this is a great uh, trip. It's a balanced trip where you'll be seeing the biblical sites where Jesus walked and, and, and the apostles and our favorite Old Testament heroes. But then also, uh, we'll be having a couple of days with ministries, people that we know, and, and the leadership there. And so it's, it's a great balance. If you've been before, you know <laughs> to be open, because God might be sending you again. And, uh, and, and I'm just encouraging to pray. Don't miss this really one-in-a-lifetime opportunity, and, and be willing and ready to, to say yes if you see the Lord uh, taking you there. We are in the book of Matthew. And I was asking the Lord, uh, you know, recently for the last week or so, God, can you just want to, you just want to give me a nice kind of July 4th weekend message just to encourage us and, you know, just to, right before the cookout and you kind of flow into the cookout. And I couldn't keep this message that, that's already on my heart from Matthew 18 out. I mean, it just stayed. And, uh, and so... Uh, so we're going to continue on. It's, it's, it's not a little mamby-pamby, little summertime cookout message. It's, it's from the Word. It's from the heart. It's from God's heart. 
Um, and, and then to prepare you kind of down the road a few weeks uh, from now, we'll get into another passage in Matthew 18 that is the key for all relationships uh, uh, in, in, in working out issues, misunderstandings, and conflicts. And it's personally, it's in family, it's in businesses, it's in churches, and it's the Matthew 18, 15 principle that is so applied throughout really both Christian and secular circles. There's so much wisdom in that, and we're going to look that, at that in a couple of weeks. And then and when we get to Matthew 19, I promised this a couple of years ago, that when we got to this passage about divorce, that I wasn't going to skip over it and, 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 and uh, uh, you know, just kind of keep on going through the chapter real quick. And, but we're going to take, you know, a, a quality time to dig into, really, for me, the biggest question that I wrestle with is, is Christians and divorce. And I'm going to show you that passage and other scriptures in the Word, how they come together and guide me when I'm in a counseling room. And I am looking at two Christians, and it's gotten so bad that divorce is on their tongues. It's, it's an option. And I'm going to teach that. That's, that'll be you know, a few more weeks down the road. So, so this series in Matthew is no light thing. It's, it's Jesus, the words of Jesus... Uh, right to our hearts and lives. The title of this message is actually out of 1 Corinthians chapter 6, and it's Such Were Some of You. And about you know, several weeks ago when I was in this passage, I just grew to love this passage, and we're going to start with it today. Let us pray. Father, thank you for your word. It is the avenue for our sanctification. And so, Lord, we say, speak to us, Holy Spirit, and through your word, empower us and transform us to be more like you. In Jesus' name, amen. So this 1 Corinthians chapter 6 passage is a list of, of bondages that people had lived in, and 1 Corinthians 6 was known as a very just pagan, ungodly, worldly city. And it reads like this, verse 9, Or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, nor fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor homosexuals, nor thieves, nor the covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. Such were some of you. I love that. Such were some of you. You were in bondage. You couldn't get free. Sin had wrapped its grip on you and you couldn't get out. And you were even known for this. This is what you even saw yourself as a, as a drunkard, as a reviler, as, a, as an adulterer or idolater. This was even part of your identity. But, it goes on, verse 11, but, 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 you were washed but you were sanctified, but you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and in the Spirit of our God. Don't you love the buts in that sentence, huh? That Jesus, by His blood, cleanses, washes us. That by His grace, He sanctifies us. And by His righteousness, He gives us His righteousness and we're justified in Christ. 
Thank you, Lord, for your transformation. Now, I want us to double back to Matthew 18 and these few verses that I'm jumping off from today in this message uh, that we're going to especially focus on sanctification. Matthew 18, verses 7 through 9. It, it, it starts off, uh, you know, not happy. It says, woe, which means judgment to you. Woe to the world because, because of its stumbling blocks. For it is inevitable that stumbling blocks come, but woe to that man through whom the stumbling blocks come. If your hand or your foot causes you to stumble, cut it off. And if you throw it from you, it is better for you to enter the life crippled or lame than to have two hands or two feet and be cast into the eternal fire. This is Jesus' words. He doesn't mince word study, does he? He's straight talker. He tells it like it is. And he's cautioning us and warning us, don't let the hands, your hands, things that you're doing, and you're going out and touching, and you're touching this remote, and now it's our phone, and what were the, the, the apps and the... That what we're that we're pushing and revealing. Don't let your feet where you go and where you're taking yourself. In fact, it's so important. It's it's like you just need to cut that thing out of your life. Now it's not a little cutting off with a chainsaw, with a butcher knife. Don't go there, please. And it goes on. He's he is putting emphasis because of this very vivid visual warning. Verse 9, if your eye causes you to stumble, pluck it out and throw it from you. It is better for you to enter life with one eye than to have two eyes and be cast into the fiery hell. See, it's possible like Paul is saying in 1 Corinthians 6 that you can be in bondage to a sin and give yourself to it. It becomes part of you, it's your identity, it's who you are, and you live out your life in bondage to that sin, and never wanting, never getting a, uh, a, a deliverance, never pursuing that, and you become in bondage to it, and if that's the case, then he, Paul uses the phrase, you will not inherit the kingdom of God. Jesus says that you be cast into the fire of hell. So either way, he's getting our attention, he's shaking us, and say, do not treat this sin lightly. Do not let this bondage grow. Humble yourself, repent, confess, get help, get counsel, whatever you do. And it's a radical call to a life of holiness. In the next chapter, there's a story of a rich uh, young ruler, a young wealthy man, who is a good Jewish boy. I mean, he's done everything right. He's got a long list of the commandments He's obeyed, he's, he's obeyed, he comes to Jesus. You know, what else am I supposed to do? I've, I've done all the commandments. I'm, I'm a good Jewish boy. How do I inherit this kingdom of God? And Jesus throws this out to him. He says, well, you need to get rid of all your wealth and give it to the poor. Now, notice, in, he didn't say that to every wealthy person. But he discerned and knew what his idolatry was, where his true God and his true loyalty really was. And he gave that as that direct word. And 
and, and, and then say, hey, it's like it's, it can be hard for a wealthy person to come to the Lord. So it's, you have to, it's like going through the eye of a needle, like the camel going through the eye of the needle. And, and so he's saying, listen, this is a radical salvation. This is your whole life, even your material life, even the many blessings you've received. Don't let it be Lord of your life. Jesus, I'm going to be Lord of your life. And that's salvation. It's a radical call, folks. Yes, as, as I've taught from another scripture recently, that He is patient with us. He's patient toward us. For the radical call to be true in our life, He's working on us and in us. But it's a radical call, both at salvation and in holiness. So, we're going to focus on this theme of sanctification. I'm going to give you some quick kind of Greek meaning of the word sanctification first. And you look it up, one, and, and here's several um, ways to describe it out of the Greek, is that you're consecrated or set apart to God. This is a real thing. Jesus, uh, it says in, in Corinthians, it says that, we were bought with a price, right, from the blood of Jesus. It's an expensive price. You're so valuable. You, you, it took the death of the Son of God to purchase you. So you're purchased. You're set apart and belong to Christ. Consecration, that's what it means to be set apart. When you anoint someone with oil, or in the Old Testament, they anointed the articles and oil. They said, this is set apart for God. We anoint you with oil. We're saying, you are set apart to God. What's another, uh, and I like the, this, this way this scholar uh, described the meaning of this word here. He said, number two, the process of advancing in holiness. We see when it's, Scripture talks about justification, that that's a, a righteousness we receive uh, imputed is the, is the big word. We receive it instantly from uh, His work on the cross and His resurrection. We're considered righteous. And sanctification is the continual work of advancing in holiness. I like that. Number three, the believer being pro- progressively transformed by the Lord into His likeness. Into His likeness. Thank you, Lord. We want that. And I'm going to, a little bit later, uh, pull out my journal and show you what I call like a secret weapon in there uh, to assist and help with that. And, but I'd like to go ahead and look at several scriptures to give us a broader, more understanding of what sanctification is and what God wants to do. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, 23 and 24. Says, says, now may the God of peace himself sanctify you entirely, and may your spirit, soul, and body be preserved complete without blame at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So this is a, an, a, a completed work. This is entirely a sanctification that God is working in us. It mentions our spirit, our soul, and our body that God is working in. Now check out the next verse. I want this to encourage you. Faithful is he who calls you, and he also will bring it to pass. So this radical call to holiness, 
He's calling us to it. But He says, and I, it's by my power, I will bring it to pass. Yes, it requires us to, to say, enter into it, to engage, to say yes, to obey. But it's His promise and His power for us. So that's number one in, in understanding the broader essence of this sanctification. Sanctification is a promise. It's a promise from God to you. So don't let it go, oh, I've got to figure it out on my own, or I've got to do it my own strength. Oh, I've got to... It's too much. There are too many things. Listen, it's His promise, and you follow Him and His ways. It is happening. It will happen. So be encouraged. Don't let the burden of you embracing it on your own strength take, bring you down. It's His promise. Let's go to John 17. This is actually a whole chapter of a prayer that Jesus is praying out loud for His disciples to hear right before He's betrayed. So it's the last night before He's betrayed. Listen to these words. He does speak what is sanctification. He actually addresses it in His prayer to God. In verse 14 it says, I have given them your word, and the world has hated them. Because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. I do not ask you to take them out of the world, but to keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. So looking at verse 17, it's just obviously, you know, what is sanctification? How do, what, what does it look like? Well, he's saying that Father, sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. So sanctification is through God's word. You can't do it without God's word. His word is truth. You can't do it without truth. And the reason that prayer can be part of sanctification, because if you're praying Scripture and praying according to truth, then it'll be part of sanctification. If you're worshiping and the words are coming out of God's Word and reflecting His truth, then worship can be part of sanctification. So all these, there's many things that God can use, but in the end, it's got to contain His Word to have the sanctifying power. And so that's part of these practical tools I'll get to, is how do we get the Word more in us? Let's go in the next two verses and, uh, and grab a couple more points here. Verse 18 and 19, As you sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. For their sakes I sanctify myself, that they themselves also may be sanctified in truth. Isn't that kind of weird to see that Jesus said, I, I sanctify myself? Jesus even set himself apart to God, his Father, as consecrated. I'm for you. I'm dedicated to you. It's nothing else. It's not me leading myself. It's not for other reasons. He even sanctified. How much more should we be intentional and active with this and our daily lives and understanding. But Jesus is really clear in this prayer that though the world hates his followers, the enemy is attacking, is there in the world attacking, he still doesn't leave us out of the world, but sends us into the world. Vernon Linda could say, listen, you know, we don't, we're tired of these long trips and we're, you know, going to relax by the, 
uh, and drink lemonade uh, you know, on the farm and, and just grill some good. No, they intentionally put it in their schedule to go into the world. And so sanctification is hated by the devil and the world. They are against it. But yet Jesus still sends us in there. The last point out of this is that it's necessary, sanctification is necessary to live in the world with holy lives. To be in the world but not of the world is the work of sanctification that He does in us. Now let me break out some journals here. For many years, I used this very, you know, I don't know, it doesn't look very pastorally, does it? But very, you know, plain, smaller size spiral notebooks. And they're cheap and all that, but, you know, I I didn't want a, a big one. I don't write a lot. I'll, you know, read a passage. I'll see what the Holy Spirit is highlighting. I'll write a certain verse, a certain scripture. I'll write... Uh, it's been more lately. I'm trying to listen to the Lord as I'm reading these. So I try to either write what I'm receiving in revelation or insights, maybe a prayer, and I write it down. But in these little specific spiral notebooks, there's been a pocket where I can put some other stuff in there. Prayerless and things like that. And so this was, this was my thing. That was my secret weapon, is I have different uh, resources I put in my devotional in order to help me pray. Doesn't this look fancy? This looks like an adult, like a pastor would have, right? A real mature Christian. Well, I found one of these at Walmart just a few months ago. It's U-Style is the, is the name of it, is the brand. It's got one of these cool little strap things, a pen holder. I'm a nerd about the pens I like, okay? And guess what? In the back is a flap, is a pocket. And that sold me. I wouldn't have bought it if that didn't have it in there. But it had a pocket. So I'm like, now I can look like a, an old mature pastor. So, I hope you pray regularly. I hope you read the Bible regularly. I hope you journal, even if you're not a writer like I am, writing. You know, what God is showing you helps make it stick, helps you refer back, you know, put the date on there, underline things, title it, highlight things. But you need help with prayer too, let me tell you. If you just kind of let your mind go and just, I'll just pray anything... And, and that's all you ever do, you're missing a lot of consistency that you can develop in prayer. And I'm not going to spend time on this. I've got something else to work on. But. So I have the disciples' prayer. Uh, many of you call it the Lord's Prayer. It's really more accurately the disciples' prayer where Jesus teaches the disciples how to pray. I did a series on this. It's just a simple outline to go through. Our Father who art in heaven, how which each statement means. And these, 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 this is a lot to go through. I don't do all of it every day. I do a couple of things a day, so I'm rotating through them every few days during the week. I have a daily destiny. I have my 
personal vision statement, my personal mission statement based with scriptures. I've got a prayer list of just names, uh, family, relatives, friends, neighbors, and then I have a, a, a whole set of, of church names and marketplace leaders, pastors in the community. I just have a bunch of names I pray over. I have another card for ministry leadership, things that I'm trusting God in. I need to write it down. I need to date it, and I need to expect an answer on the other column. When God's going to answer that, I date it, and I you know, give praise to God. And then I have something else. And it's the process, the current one, I've had others, and this is what I've been doing now for a couple years since the pandemic started, of how to get the Word of God more to transform my mind and my heart. And next week, Lord willing, I want to go deeper into this, and particularly how it impacts our identity in Christ. Because who we are and identity in Christ, for me, and I want to tell you, it's so biblical, it's for you too, is a key for your security in Christ to keep growing and progressing and advancing in holiness. And I trust the Lord will help me, uh, you know, deliver it next week. But it was so sweet, I was saying, oh Lord, this is good. You know, I, I've, we've, we've had, I was away on vacation, we had... Sean Ellis in town, he preached. Chuck Stecker was in town, he preached. And it was like, oh, this is great. You know, I can do some practical things and show them out of my journal kind of how I get into the Word for sanctification. And he goes, yes, you will. In the last four weeks, I've had a repeated issue come to light to where it's been very humbling. And I'm... Say, Lord, Lord, okay, yeah, this really is an area I need sanctification, even up to last night. So I'm going to read two statements. One is the uh, Caroline Leaf, I'll maybe mention more of her next week, is a Christian neuroscientist that talks about how you with the Word of God, can change the directions of, the, uh, of your electri- electrical synapses and things that go on the brain. I'm sorry, I don't have that, all the current terminology with me right now. But. And so you have to recognize the lie. You have to recognize what is from the enemy, what you're embracing as it's not truth, but you're embracing it, and you are living like this. And here it is. When there is friction, conflict, and disagreement, then I can obsess with winning the argument and be anxious internally around the other person. That's what I don't want to embrace. That's the lie. I want to be able to recognize it and go on. The truth is I can be kind, tenderhearted, and forgiving with anyone who, is in, who I'm in conflict with me as I obey God and His Word to love one another even as He's loved me. My obedience opens the door for healing and unity. And I have some scripture references that I developed that statement with. And so, about four weeks ago or several weeks ago, I was in a situation and I just reacted, snapped back. The Holy Spirit convicted me sometime in the night or early morning. I asked for forgiveness. Later, the next week, 
kind of a similar situation. I found myself wanting to go there, and I used just I was able to catch it, catch, catch that thought, catch that emotional reaction, use self-control, and just calm down, and just and I didn't go there, and I just listened. You know, the Bible says to be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to anger. I was like, man, I'm growing in this stuff. Yeah. All right. Look how, hey, look how easy that was. About a week later, I'm in a totally different situation. Boom, my passions, my convictions came out, and I was... No self-control. I just let it out, and it became harsh, folks. It became hurtful. I was like, man. See, now, when God convicts you, you need to realize, is this include other people? Does He convict you, and you're just asking forgiveness, uh, forgiveness from Him, or did it include other people? If it did, you've got to go to the people. Humble yourself and confess that sin, and I did. So, man, I'm like, gosh, this is, this is heavy. This is hard. Now, last night at home, it's in, God is exposing it in these different settings, all in within several weeks from each other. Lord God, this is too much. Well, look, Dolores and Josh, they're praying, God, wreck my heart. God, do your... Do your will and sanctify me. I asked for this. I was going to preach on it. And so, yeah, I am, I am an example of God really wanting to sanctify me and needing to sanctify me. And I let my strong convictions come out and react to a family member and hurt that person. And it took me till the next morning till I felt the conviction of the Holy Spirit. I want to show you another one of, of how this can work and how God can work here. But I'd, I'd rather not just rush off of this moment. Just open your heart or close your eyes, however you do that. Holy Spirit, we don't want to be blind. We want to say yes to this radical call of holiness. listening. Help us obey. Lord, help us confess our sin, not only to you, but any others involved. Lord, we want to be more like you. So though it's difficult, challenging, sometimes painful, 
we say, yes, we want to be more like you and go through the promise of sanctification over our lives, our minds, our souls, our spirits and bodies. Amen. So this week uh, was a busy week. I have some busy weeks, so it wasn't too unusual. But Tuesday, I either am working in the marketplace Tuesday morning or my meetings uh, related to church and ministry start Tuesday morning. I always have Tuesday afternoon meetings and then sometimes on board meeting Tuesday. That night, I'll have a night meeting. So I can go from whenever that starts, you know, if it's an early morning meeting, 7 or just 9 o'clock, whatever meetings up into the night. Tuesday, uh, Wednesday, the next day was like a communications catch-up day, and I, I normally don't do this, but I thought, man, I've gotten, I've done, gotten a lot of communication, communication going today, what was it like? And I counted up uh, about 20 uh, texting conversations, um, I did several emails, but I had like 10, 11 phone calls in one day. I mean, I was ripping them out, going through the to-do, to-do list, and it was the next morning or two. I was, uh, it was soon after that, I was, it was early morning, I was driving to the F3 workouts that I do at 5.30 with some, some guys, this one was in LaGrange, it was a longer drive, if you know that road from Shelbyville to LaGrange, it's really curvy, and I normally have my worship, uh, my phone, worship set up on my phone, it goes through the speaker system, I'm driving, I just get started, and I, I say, hey Siri, I doesn't respond, I say, hey Siri, play my music. Hey, Siri. Oh, no. <laughs> Let's do it right now. Now you want to do it. And um, as I'm driving on this curvy road, it wouldn't listen to me. Well, I, it's too curvy. I, you know, I can't. I'm, I'm running. Like, I, so I just, okay, I'm not going to be playing my, my worship in the, you know, and I do it a lot in the morning or even during the day. And, um, and as soon as I, like, you know, realize I'm going to give up, I can't play my worship music this morning. I had the realization of the silence in the car. And it struck me. It got my attention. And it was like it's just me and God in this car right now. I could, I could hear the wind and the car noises, but I really felt like I was alone with God. And immediately the scripture, which has been an important one in my life, but be still and know that I am God, came to my heart. And I knew that this was, this was a day. I'm not playing much music today. I need to be aware of Him and not let noises, even good, good sounds, disrupt that. And let me read you one of my other cards that I've had out. Here's, here's the negative ungodly belief. I'm such an extrovert affected by the externals around me in my life, and my life is so full I probably won't get still before God consistently. That's the lie. I recognize it. I want to recognize it. I want to immediately go into transformation of truth. Here's the truth. It is my calling to commune with my Lord and Savior Jesus, my Lord and Savior and lover Jesus, Therefore, I have the grace to pause the externals and be still before the Lord, wait patiently for Him, and know He is God, and make this a pattern consistent flow in my week.
That scripture, by the way, is Psalm 46, verse 10. He says, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. And often in this stillness and the awareness that, that you know, God is big in your, your situation that you're getting anxiety over. You're, I have an analytical mind, so I think things through. It's a, something God gave me, and I've got to watch and be, watch for the dangers for that, right? And God is showing me things as I'm analyzing things. But then I can get too much, too much thinking, and I have this sense that, hey, maybe I can figure this out. No, you won't, Stephen. It's by revelation. It's by from my spirit. Trust in me and be still and know that I am God and I'm over all things in the earth. And this is just one little thing. Don't worry about it. I'm going to ask the praise team to go ahead and come up and I'm going to read another uh, scripture too as they do that. And I'm going to uh, pray the ironic prayer over you this morning to pray for that shalom, that calm of God that I sensed that day and, and, and actually Im- impacted my mind. I want that for you today. But in a couple places in Isaiah, uh, there's this whole reference of God being the potter and we're the clay. And if you can imagine in ancient Israel, everything was a clay pot, right? Every cup, every glass, every plate, every bucket, every bowl, it was made out of clay. I mean, there had to be a lot of potters around, or they just worked day and night, because that's what they lived with all over the kitchen and the, and the garage and wherever they, you know, they had clay pots everywhere. So this imagery was real. In one place in Isaiah, it says that, hey, what do you mean, you, the clay, you can't tell the pot? what to do you're the one being formed and shaped by the potter another place in Isaiah in Isaiah 64 verse 8 says but now O Lord you are our father we are the clay you and you our potter and all of us are the work of your hand so some take home points I want you to take home is say, yes, such were some of you. It's true. We have history. We have bondages. Maybe we still have bondages. God wants to deliver us. But say yes to the potter. Say, mold me. I know I'm the clay. You're the potter. Say yes to the potter too. Find scriptures that apply directly to your situation. And you find what works for you to get those scriptures into your mind on a consistent basis. Mind and heart and life. Number three, trust God's sanctifying grace and power. His power is working. Because we are the work of His hand. I'm going to ask Josh to, uh, as you continue to just listen to the Lord here and the Holy Spirit, what He's saying to you, then I'm going to say the ironic blessing over you and God's shalom, and then we'll, we'll go have a great time together. Okay.
are new every morning. Your grace is more than enough. Your grace is the empowerment of sanctification. It's the work of your Holy Spirit. Lord, not to leave us the same. Not to leave us the same. Hey, maybe we're really good right now, but you still don't want to leave us the same. You want to purify us. You want to advance us in holiness. Lord God, you want uh, uh, to, to make us more like you. Lord, we say yes to the potter. Lord, we need your blessing. And I speak it as your word instructed, the high priest to speak over God's people. And Lord, I repeat that prayer with faith that your bless, blessing is being released on all that's hearing me, those at home, those who listen later in the week. Lord, our, our family that aren't here right now, Lord God, we believe this blessing is touching each one. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up His countenance upon you and give you His shalom. Everything as it really ought to be. Nothing missing, nothing broken. May you put your full weight down and rest in the hammock of His smile. This smile is His approval to you. For in Christ Jesus, you are approved. May you walk under the warmth of His presence and hear a voice behind you saying, This is the way. Walk in it. You are blessed in order to be a blessing. Living Waters family receive the shalom of God. 
the calm of God, the stillness of the Holy Spirit ruling your mind, casting out anxiety and fear. Living Waters family, receive that shalom of God that reigns in your mind, your heart. Thank you, Lord, the shalom of God and the promise of sanctification. We receive it today and walk in it. Amen. Listen, everyone's invited to the cookout, even if you weren't planning on it, didn't have anything prepared, it's okay. Join us, hang out. And we're going to keep being sanctified by the Lord. Okay, Lord. We'll see what this week turns out to be like. I say yes to the potter. Amen. Well, let's enjoy our time together. And if you are got to be with family today, tomorrow, may God bless your family time. God, open ways for you to shine the light of Jesus. Protect you if you're traveling. And those who are on the road or, or out of town right now watching, God, protect you. Bless your trip and bring you back home safely. Amen.